podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to another special edition of the Leeds That Podcast. Today we have a very interesting interview around the centenary year with Andrew Stats Dalton, Matthew and James met up with him. Guys, how was it? Yeah, it was really good. Interesting guy. Very interesting chat. I know Andrew from, uh, he talked a little bit about it in the interview, but I know him from uh, university days uh, and he's obsessed with the club and doing a bit of work for them now. And obviously the book is the latest of his uh, creations that have come out of his obsession. Well, we had uh, a game of the catch with him and Mark on the feature length pod that you can listen back to. And I don't know about you, Paul, but I was just amazed at how much knowledge he had. Obviously, you've heard about it and know it, but seeing it firsthand is unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, I think it, it, the way he channels the things he knows into a passion is incredibly admirable. Well, let's get straight into the interview. First thing we asked him was how he got into following Leeds United. It kind of started for me in the 1990s. My mum is great, and it's great, great uncles on the board, Sydney Simon, in the 1960s, uh, obviously. And my mum went to all the games like the Paris final in 75, FA Cup final in 72. I went to my first game on April the 13th, 91. We lost 5-4 to Liverpool. Crazy game. Lee Chapman scored three, should have scored four. Had one disallowed, and I just got hooked on there. And my dad's friends just usually used to come around and just test me on scores. And I actually made my debut on, on the Radio Lead show, Guy Could Have Him Blossom, back in December 93. I was seven years old. Uh, and they got people ringing up, asking me questions. And the first question I ever got asked was, who was number 21 for Leeds United in season 93-94? And within seconds, it was a guy called Mike Humphreys who never actually kicked a ball for Leeds. Uh, he signed from Aberdeen in the summer of 93. And it just kind of went from there. And it's just been, yeah, it's, it, like even now I take defeats badly. I don't take it out on anybody, thank God, uh, as I used to, as a, as a kid, you get emotionally attached because you go into school the next day and you're peeved and what have you, you get wound up and what have you. And also, it was usually Man United, Man United are crap now, so uh, we can sort of laugh at that. But yeah, it, it's just been sort of in the blood, grown up watching Leeds and had so many happy times in, in, in doing it. Is your favourite player someone from that time as well then? Uh, I think my favourite player from all time is Gary McAllister. I think him and Strachan for what they did. Uh, obviously Strachan obviously led the team out of the wilderness in, in the second division uh, to win the league made captain by, by Wilco in the start of 89-90. And then Gary McAllister just had a wand of, of a left foot. Some of the goals he scored against Liverpool in 92. Uh, just again, captain when also they got to the League Cup final in, in 96 was a disaster. But he... He's just a complete midfielder. I was just gutted for him. He didn't work out as manager for him yeah. uh, in, in 2008. We lost to Doncaster. But yeah, him and probably Oli Dakar were just, wow. Oli Dakar in that Champions League season with Batty, Baka, Bowie are just sensational. The performance that sticks in my mind for Dakar is away at Anderlecht when I think, I think they'd been unbeaten in 28, 29 European League home games. Leeds demolished them. I, rem- I remember Ame Antheus, their, their manager, had come out with some comments after the home game against Anderlecht uh, that Leeds had won 2-1. Leeds, Leeds went behind. I think Alan Stoker scored for, for Anderlecht and then uh, Ian Hart and Lee Bowyer. Bowyer did. Bowyer actually being in court the, the, that day. Uh, <laughs> and and I, think, I think the fans were singing Lee Bowyer, Lee Bowyer's here. They've got no underwear, Lee Bowyer, Lee Bowyer. And lo and behold, he goes and scores a winning goal against uh, against Anderlecht in the first game. And he came out and made some derogatory comments. Dakar translated it for, for all the Leeds players and Lo and behold, they're going to demolish them 4-1 in their own backyard. And I think that's when Leeds had arrived in, on, on the big stage in the Champions League. So yeah, Oli Dakar, gutted he wasn't there on Thursday night, but one of my all-time heroes. So you um, say 
that you were on Radio Leeds at the age of seven. Yes. Were you, were you already the stats person back I'll then? Well, well there was a, it's funny because there's a guy called Seth Pod who was a football and community guy uh, and I went to all his football courses and he got me involved in, in all that and they were asking me questions and it, it kind of grew. And there's a guy called John Boyd on Radio Leeds that used to do a program called the Each Way Bet, uh, which was just like a sports quiz, and you asked questions to them, and they'd ask questions to you and winning prizes. Uh, and I kind of got that was 97 to sort of 2000. And then I shouldn't really admit this, but I actually appeared on Live and Kicking back in 2001, I think it was, with Katie Hill, Sarah Kaywood, Trey Farley and Otis doing <laughs> a football quiz called Have You Got the Balls? Uh, which was, I was 14 at the time, and I'd been going down to London, going down to the TV centre in London, just seeing it all just... Wow, because I obviously wanted to get into broadcasting. Is it on YouTube? It is somewhere. It is somewhere. We'll put that If, if someone can find the video, I'd love, I've not seen it. I've got the videos at home. I haven't got a video player. So if anyone wants to transfer it to DVD, they're more than welcome to. Yep. If you want me to give you the, the, the videos uh, to, the, to the DVDs, and it just kind of grows from there. And I remember the first day I, I walked into to UCLan, and this was, I think... So, That's there. Uh, University of Central it Lancashire for, for, for the yes for, for me and Matt the, the great times we had uh, I walked in and, and there's a guy called Pete Waters who's a Burnley fan uh, and he asked me a football question and I got it right like in 10 seconds and it just kind of stuck and then we'll just call me stats for Ostato for like three three years and it just stuck from there and I think we went down to an event at Bramwell Lane didn't we Yeah. Uh, with Kevin Blackwell was there and we got tickets for Radio 5 Live so yeah it's just stuck all through my life and uh I'm look, I'm Leeds United mad. Uh, I've got all the all the programs, all the DVDs, and what have you. And it's something that it's an obsession, but I don't know if it's an unhealthy obsession, especially when they get beat. Uh, look, it's, it's given me some a lot of happy times. Met a lot of brilliant people through it, and uh, I just hope this year's the year that they finally end the wilderness of 16 years out over the top flight. It's definitely unhealthy. We're all unhealthy, aren't we? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I'm probably going grey and old. Uh, having watched the West Brom game the other week, and think hanging on, and it, it gives it. But do you know what? It gives you so much pleasure when you see the results and what have you. Last season was unbelievable. Just gutted that they fell at the final hurdle. But it's Leeds United. Nothing, nothing ever comes easy. And does stats transfer into other parts of your life as well? Because it's quite interesting you're talking about, it, it, you know, going down to London. You can give me dates. You can give me yeah, the presenters of live it, and kicking. It, it's funny because I'm autistic and I've, I've got a sort of photographic memory. Uh, I've never been able to pass a driving test, mind, but uh, that, that's another reason. Cause I'm, how many How many attempts? Well, I'm actually medically unfit to drive now because I'm dyspraxic, so I can't actually balance on the car. That's actually driving the car, not balancing on the top of the car. <laughs> uh, so and I, I wasn't the academic at school, but yeah, it's just... I, I try and sort of do it with my work job as well and I try and just I've, I can remember things so like that and if someone asks me a game any day it just like comes to me straight away which is quite surreal so it's just something it's, it's a nice skill and it's obviously been transferred to the book that's out at the moment so I, I remember this from when I first met you that yeah. I think you could name every Leeds result back to 1990 yes every league game from August the 25th 1990 when we went to Everton on the opening day uh, just after eight years in the wilderness from from the second division 1-3-2 uh, Chris Fairclough Gary Speed uh, Imre Verardi right on the line and obviously to the to the Millwall game uh, last time out uh, at the New Den uh, a couple of weeks ago. So it's a skill, it's a weird skill, but it's nice as long as kind of taking a chance on me to, to to give me that opportunity to sort of show off my skills that I've got. And has that period of time extended since then or yes. is it still a cut-off point in 1990? Yeah, it's, I've tried to get back 89-90, but so there's over a thousand matches in my head somewhere along that. <laughs> Some games that I want to forget. Uh, I think the 7-3 hiding that Nottingham Forest gave us uh, back in March 2012 was just surreal. The 6-4 hiding that Preston gave us and we were 
four, I think four one up or even well four four one up and oh when tits up uh, under Simon Grayson five nil when poor Hubka was in goal against Blackpool for yeah. there's some there's some horrible times there was also some some great times obviously the Man United game the Bristol Rovers game the Champions League era uh, the the West Brom victory last season which I thought was Bielsa's best performance as, as Leeds manager at the moment so yeah they're all stored in there some as I say the famous songs the ups and downs of of Leeds United and that's kind of what's sort of engrossed in my memory. You mentioned Rahubka there. Yes. Do you have a Leeds that moment that's like the pinnacle of, oh, Leeds, Well, d- do you know what? It's funny because Rahubka made his debut in a League Cup tie against Doncaster Rovers uh, in 2011-12. He actually conceded a goal after two minutes. James Hayter scored. And then he didn't play again until Doncaster Rovers again when Andy Lundgren got injured. Uh, and then he dropped a clanger against Coventry in the last minute, Ellen Road. Uh, he dropped one against Birmingham. Uh, and then obviously uh, John J. O'Shelvey. Uh, John Joe Shelby, should I say, had a field day against him in, in 2011-12. Just a horrible night, never played again. And it's funny because Simon was telling me he took him everywhere with him. He took him at Blackpool, took him at Leeds. Uh, yeah, we've had some some stinkers, some stinky players as well at times. Please don't see me pour a hub, come on, I tell you the truth. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, look, look, that's part and parcel of watching, watching Leeds United. There's been some players you'll, you'll remember for a long time. There'll be sort of the uh, the one, one appearance players players like Mansour Asamani, who made his debut at MK Dons, never seen again. And also Stephen O'Halloran, who actually signed for his online from Aston Villa in January 20, or I think February, February 2008, injured himself against Wickham Wanderers. In, uh, sorry, injured himself uh, against Swindon Town, played at Wickham Wanderers in the Wump and never played. So there's little stories like that as well. So yeah, it's, my brain's a, a strange thing, a lot of football stuff in there, which sometimes I wish I didn't remember, but it's all part and parcel of supporting a football club. And what about the actual process of compiling stats because you've obviously got a lot in your head yes i know that you've got spreadsheets yes you've probably seen them uh i, I keep every it, it's weird because when i first started uni there was never a record of sort of online of, of where you could find all all the leads results down the years and i just sort of started keeping it every night i come back from sort of green bank and what have you and then i want to do something with it and just sort of built my own football database and there was actually a cd out in sort of 2002-3 that a guy had done and it done all the games, but they were missing out. There's NFL Systems Cup ties, which is still part of Leeds United. Important. Well, well, Leeds got to the Northern Area final in 1991. Got beat six four on aggregate against Everton. The Zika's got a brilliant free kick at Goodison. But actually, the games were on Sky One then before Sky Sports actually had the rights. <laughs> and that just got me thinking. Think, hang on a second. I want to build something with all the results on here. And it just went from there. And it, it's kind of become part of the fabric of the club. I get uh, Craig Wilson, who's a social media guy, absolutely fantastic guy. Looks like me. Uh, so we all say we're brothers. Uh, and I help him out with a lot of the stuff with the social media stuff with the stats and what have you and it's just come fabric of the club and it's nice to be asked to do stuff like that so you pulled together this big sort of encyclopedia of league yes. results and then you donated it to the club or they bought it yeah off you, or the, the club actually bought Paul Jews actually bought it off me uh, in 2006 obviously a lot of media stuff has changed since then mm. uh, and it's just grown from there and it's just I just keep updating it every day and look for different things and look for, for stuff that kind of stands out like uh, at the moment we're on 1915 wins it's a shame we couldn't get to 1919 today uh, but Leeds being Leeds never do anything straightforward and I just keep updating and I get people asking me questions on Twitter like at 3 in the morning I do actually try and sleep uh, you probably could tell my bags under my eyes uh, but yeah it's just surreal it's it's something it's weird and it's, it's nice Come on, I set Twitter up in 20 and I never actually thought sort of 10 years down the line after a full decade it would take off as it is and to have nearly what 19,000 followers is just utterly bonkers but lap it up and I take it all in and it's nice to have as well and you were telling us the other week that Liam Cooper is one of your newest of those. Yes, uh, uh, it's funny because Mateus Click actually followed me after Barnsley when he scored his penalty I didn't tweet him after the uh, 
the uh, who did miss penalties derby game didn't dare tweet him and then Liam Cooper <laughs> just tweeted me uh, and I've actually got a message from him on here I know you've done if you've got a camera on here that he sent me a message yesterday after my book and I'll just read this out to you very very quickly uh, you are credit to the football club mate you deserve to be there more than any of us now let's go and finish the job all leads aren't we and that's just like wow that's the captain of my football club what a guy Liam Cooper absolute unbelievable what he did obviously with little Toby Nye as well it's fantastic and I won't have, won't have a bad word to say against him and they're all down to earth guys there's no egos in the squad and yeah it's all really surreal at the moment and it does feel a little bit like I wouldn't say I'm a local celebrity because I'll never go to that extreme but it's nice being recognised for the work that you do yeah, Liam Cooper's class, isn't he? and it, yeah. it's a bit like um, like you were talking about McAllister as yeah. well. Is we need like a, a really nice but big character to drive the club yeah. forward, and, and it's really important. And I, and I was gutted for Coops last year yeah. uh, uh, after the the Derby defeat because it just felt funereal at times. That that game, I just sat there on the gantry and didn't know whether to laugh or cry. I didn't leave my seat for an hour after the game. And I, the worst thing was I was sat next to all the Derby County press boys and they're all there celebrating and you feel like you want to say something and you just have to bite your tongue. And yeah, they've got, all the guys are brilliant to, to deal with and I've interviewed some of them as well. So yeah, it's just a family, family orientated club and please God, they do get back into the Premier League. So the, the gantry is quite famous at Elland Road. Yes. Um, I've heard a lot of commentators down the years talk about sitting up there. Yes. Usually co- about the cold. Yes. Um, <laughs> what's it like sitting up there? How does it differ to sitting in your normal seat I, and I, being a you know regular match going I, fan? I, I think I first got invited by a guy, Mark Wilson, on, on who was doing Radio Yorkshire at the time. And I got invited to... It's funny because the first time I went up there, we just lost to Birmingham City under Rossler. And I put my cans on and the first thing I say is Rossler out. And two weeks later, we got the sack. So I must have known something about it. Uh, and it's, just, it's a great view up there. Yeah, you've got to sometimes tone it in. Sometimes you can't be jumping up and down. And you've got to respect your, your opposition that, that are sat next to you. But it's part and parcel of it. And I've just grown to love it up there. And it's a great view up there. And I, I probably won't change it for the world. Obviously, the away games I go to as a supporter. And I, I get my frustrations out on then. And break, I don't break seats. But yeah, when, when, you're, <laughs> when, when you're losing and, and what have you, it can be frustrating. But yeah, it's a wonderful view up there. And I sample the atmosphere. And I watch the supporters so when they so when the leads score and, and today's going to be unbelievable when, when you get down to Ellen Road and see all the see all that's going on really I was going to say I saw a video of you jumping around up in the gantry yes, recently so. yes <laughs> yeah uh, with my sunglasses uh, but uh, that was the Derby County game and I think I was doing a little bit of commentary in my head uh, and then you could see that game what was going to happen once my turf click missed the penalty and uh, disappointment that day and yeah it still hurts it's still even them up there it still hurts when Leeds concede or Leeds lose a game uh, you go on the social media it's a nightmare to see all the reaction there's this that and the other and I take my way try and take myself away from social media sometimes and Leeds get beat because it's just a minefield uh, certainly on Twitter and you think why why do people come out with some of this and that and the other so they all want success so quickly that's a problem it doesn't happen like that and I think there's got to be a bit more expectation I think I think the thing with Leeds is because of where they finished last year uh, after the season they had the expectations to go and batter teams week in week it doesn't happen everyone has come with a different game plan Pep Clotet will come with a game plan today to try and frustrate Leeds so yeah up in the gap it's brilliant but you've just got sometimes to tone it in uh, there was one time I think last season when Sheffield United scored late on uh, Ellen Ray, I think it was Chris Basham that got the winning goal and I, I looked in the corner of my eye at uh, the Sheffield United press boys and I thought nah. I, I, I could have had a few choice words to say but look they're there as part of the away team when Chris Wood equalised at Newcastle uh, in 2017 I jumped up for joy because it was the last minute it felt like we are going to make the playoffs so sometimes the fan does take over inside you but you've also got to try and remain quite professional as well I was going to say I think I've heard Bryn Law and was, Ian Dennis and, uh, yes. and uh, Adam Pope going mental in the past and also how does uh, 
How does Noel Whelan get away with it? Oh, well, Noel's Noel, isn't he? He's a hero for, for his get-ins and what have you. And uh, he's part of the part, part of the fabric at Ellen Road with, with Pope. And I think his comment, commentaries are brilliant. Bryn's obviously now back at Ellen Road doing LUTV. Bryn was someone I grew up with uh, as a kid. It was kind of Bryn Law, Luke Walmany and Dennis, and then Pope, and then obviously Radio Air Days. Obviously, I, I spoke to Bradders. Bradders, I've come really good pals with John Bradley. Mm. He was just unbelievable with Richard Graves in the Radio Air Days. Some of, some of the stories that he was telling me uh, with some of the players. There was the AC Milan game when we won in, when we drew in the San Siro when Gary Kelly starts singing this song about Man United it's quite derogatory and it's just just brilliant times and I'd love to have been part of the media at that time going up and down Europe but yeah it's even it's special to be part of a club that's 100 years old this week and, and back in those days when you were looking at those guys I mean I loved them as well it's uh, not been a secret on this podcast is that what you wanted to be did you want to be a football yeah, commentator I always wanted to sort of be a football journalist I got very jealous of of, of people that were doing it and I, there was a guy called Dickie Wright who was the press guy uh, back in sort of 99-2000 and I actually wrote to him saying can I come on the gantry and he actually said to me you have to wait till you're 18 because you're not sitting sure to go on the gantry and obviously I bided my time bided my time and yeah it's just it's an unbelievable thing to be up there and be part of the club and be part of the history of the football club is is great and uh, I just hope this time next year I'm sat up there watching uh, I won't say likes of Man United because I could get relegated uh, the likes of Pep Guardiola in the, in the technical area uh, I say Frank Lampard is not greatest person in the, in the city of Leeds at the moment but Jurgen Klopp coming to Ellen Road as well just be unbelievable to see there because even as a journalist you want to see your team sort of test yourselves against the absolute best and Phil Hay was telling me that because he he's done my forward for my book so yeah just some, some unbelievable stories and especially from Phil Hay that uh, he was interviewed when Dennis Wise was manager I've got a little story to tell you about Dennis Wise that he's broadcastable there. <laughs> when uh, Leeds went over in this was summer 2007 the club was an absolute nightmare at the moment they didn't know if they were coming or going they'd been relegated to League One uh, Phil had written a piece about I think they were in Germany and they had two players sent yeah, off me and uh, Paul were over there for the uh, Union Berlin that's the right because yeah. I think we played energy Cotterburst Union Berlin as well and I think Slovan Liberec because one of the games got called off against Dynamo Dresden uh, Phil Hay got back to back to Ellen Road back to Thorpe Arch and it had all these match reports with, with Dennis Wise and Wisey pinned Phil up against a wall with uh, all the stuff that he'd written so but the story about Dennis Wise is uh, I hope this won't reach him I, I got his number off Noel Whelan because uh, Noel and, and Dennis are very good pals uh, I wanted to interview him for the club for my books saying I wanted to interview all the managers for the book got his number rang him up left him a voice message two minutes later he blocked me on WhatsApp so there you go blocked by an exclusion out of mind on WhatsApp I think that's something <laughs> I think that's something to be quite I don't know if he's proud of or not but couldn't quite understand that <laughs> I think if I was going to be blocked by any Leeds manager yeah. he'd be up there uh, just very bizarre because all, all the other managers I dealt with I managed to get a hold of Darko never got back to me but uh, I don't think he wanted to talk about Leeds even I spoke to Dave Hockaday Brian McDermott Steve is he Evans. still on gardening leave Darko <laughs> probably is somewhere <laughs> I think him, him and Dave Hockaday think the gardens are looking really really well at the moment <laughs> uh, but yeah he's the only one that I found quite strange that I was, I was employed by the club to do something like this and he didn't want to talk to me which was quite bizarre but lo and behold that was done and I, I was actually I wanted to talk to Dennis because that time that first sort of 10 games of that 07-08 season was unbelievable because it was basically leads against the world I remember going to Tramia for that first game of the season no one had a clue what was going to happen mm. first half Chris Creenacre scored for Tranmere uh, and he actually did the lead salute in front of the Leeds end and you're thinking I managed 15 points here 
how bad can this can get? And whatever wise he said at halftime, obviously rallied the troops. Matt Heath scored, and uh, I think Trezor can now got the winning goal. Uh, and then it just took off from there. And I, I wanted to get him to understand what it was like being at Leeds that time. But yeah, Dennis is Dennis. Didn't want to talk to me. That's his prerogative. I respect that. I'm disappointed, but uh, obviously he's got his own reasons why I didn't want to talk to me. But that, that time was surreal. Talking about the 0708, we didn't talk about. I talked to Prutz about it as well. And a great story. Prutz is when we beat Shami. He was sat on a beach in Hull somewhere, as you do in mid-August and it just the kind, the club just kind of took off that first 10-11 games just a shame it ended with defeat at Doncaster at Wembley under Gary McAllister I think that Trezor Candor goal is probably one of the most important goals in the history of the club do, do you know what I think you're absolutely right because if, if, if you then go on to that season and you're on minus 15 points the longer that goes on the harder it becomes you look at the first five games Tramier 2-1 Southend 4-1 Forest 2-1 uh, Luton Town when Wise and Blackwell had a bit of a tete-a-tete on the touchline at the end of the game and then we beat Hartlepool when Beckford's got an unbelievable chip over a goalkeeper that was six foot seven. <laughs> they needed to get those five results because it gets harder and harder that you get those 15 points and all of a sudden they go to Bristol on the Friday night they win 3-0 Beckford scores a brilliant overhead kick beat Swansea and then they go to Gillingham and they get possibly the worst referee I've ever seen in Danny McDermott sends off Beckford and Candle had no strikers left Wisey dips into the transfer market gets Mark DeVries and uh, Wayne Andrews win one of the old Damien Westlake scores and then DeVries scores a winner at home to Yeovil and just kind of took off then and to be fair to Dennis he actually got the team top of the league after Hartlepool albeit for a couple of hours but yeah that was just a bizarre season to start a minus 15 points and then be top of the league on Christmas Day was quite unbelievable so there are obviously loads more positive moments in your book, yes, which yes. is called An Official History of Legion. Yes. I've ordered a copy, but it hasn't arrived yes. yet. Um, how's it been creating that? How did it all come about as well? It, it's strange, isn't it? I've been asked this quite a lot this week. We were playing Middlesbrough a couple of seasons ago on a very cold Friday night up at the Riverside. Patrick Van Pratt actually scored a hat-trick, so he can score hat-tricks. Oh, that was, a, that was a cold night. It was a dreadful night. Beast of the East, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. that's what it was. There were the rumours that it might not go ahead that game and I was sat on the coach on the way back miserable thinking I'm a second here the club are 100 years old next October what can I do to to try and celebrate the club so I got in contact with James Moon who's done who's done brilliant for me absolutely really nice guy a hero of mine and I said look hi James I'd like to do an official history of the football club for, for next October would you be interested and I oh, had a publisher on, on side because I'd done uh, the 1980s book with Breeden Books DB Publishing and it, it kind of went from there and I did all, did all my interviews with, I'm um, into, as I say, Hockaday, McDermott, Evans, Grayson, manager's side, into Don Matteo. Lee Chapman was a brilliant interview. Managed to get his details through Adam Pope. Jermaine Beckford just, is Jermaine, just unbelievable. Such a down-to-earth guy, Tony Dorigo as well. And it just kind of went from there. I got, a guy called John Devlin, who's done the True Colours books, and if anyone and you've got those those books, he's done a full history of the Legion United kits. I love things like that because, like, and I was saying last night to a couple of people when under Monk would come out with mismatch kits, and I was all interested to see the thinking life as yellow shirts, white shorts, yellow socks, something like that. So I've done a bit of kits, done a bit of what Legion United means to people on Twitter, which is actually quite interesting. In 140 characters, I actually had to cut out the swearing, which took a while because I had to go through the the actual proofs, and there were a couple of people swearing and that, and I can't have that in the official public in the Legion United Club store. We have to do that as well, don't we? Yep. Yes, no comment. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and then I've got people just talking about the memories of Legion United. So it's a full-on book. It's a bit different to when Dan Chapman's done his book, which is absolutely fantastic. Rob Endicott's uh, and Andrew Valley's more f- photographs than, than what mine is. Mine's a full stats book of all the games uh, from Port Vale in 1920 to the present day. So yeah, really surreal, really, really unbelievable to actually see it with the kit on uh, on on Thursday night, and it's just a real nice feeling. Asking people asking me to to sign books is just 
bewildering because I'm just me at the end of the day. I'm just a, a Leeds fan like all you lot are here around the table. But it's just it's real special to do something like that and be part of the fabric of the football club. There's a great photo of you pointing at the cabinet. <laughs> yes, Steve Lawrence uh, <laughs> took that with my book. I, do you know I didn't have an I, I didn't have a clue I was going to be presented. I walked in there on on Thursday night, just absolutely in awe of it all and to be part of them, the legends got sort of presented with it on the, and the most surreal part of the night was Sandorini came up to me saying you're the author would you like to sign this and I've signed a book for Paul and Sandorini which is like Paul's made over 700 appearances for Leeds United now that I'm signing his book and it's like that's great wow just unbelievable I just wish Billy had been around to see it all because yeah. he, him and Gary Speed were the, were the two that sort of epitomised what everything went with Leeds United over different eras well said well said so yeah you, you, People who bought the shirt as well, they got a copy of the book. That's yes. a pretty big thing as yeah, well. Yeah, which it, it's weird because they did an auction for the shirt and the book. Uh, with They've just done the Muriel as well, which I thought was absolutely fantastic. Uh, the, the, the picture of Leeds United and the book and shirt went for £11,000, wow. which has gone to the Leeds United Foundation. That's brilliant. Which is like, and I'm just stood there next, I'm next, stood next to Jordan, who's the press guy. Just thinking, bloody hell, what's going on here? And it's like, fant- I don't see the 11 grand, unfortunately. <laughs> it goes to the foundation, which is a fantastic cause. Uh, and they do such a, a lot of good work uh, down at the, the Leeds United Foundation. It's just all bewildering at the moment. I'm going to obviously get back to down to Ellen Road this morning. And yeah, just just unbelievable. And just to be stood in the club shop and what have you and see the book there, is just phenomenal. But it's a wonderful achievement. It's something to be very proud of. Yeah, great. Well done. And this is the third book yes. that you've published? Yeah, the, the first one I did with John Howe, uh, Leeds United Top 100 Players. John, fantastic author. He is brilliant, he's, isn't he? He's fantastic. Some of the stuff he does is he's absolutely brilliant. A big book on the history of Ellen yeah, Road is fantastic. Fa- fabulous, and I'd give a big shout out with John. He, he did the narratives for that. I did sort of all the statistics for the 100 players, which actually took some doing because so many different books have got different statistics and it's which one you go with. And unfortunately, there's no actual permanent records. That's why I've done what I've done with my book. Uh, and it took a lot of research to do and I had to come up with different statistics for for different players which again sort of took a while to to get through and it's like you're looking at someone like Gordon Strachan to think of different statistics and the one thing I came up with Strachan is on the last of the 91-92 season he actually wore the number 14 shirt and that was in the days of uh, sorry he wore the number 7 shirt but was on the bench but that was the days before squad numbers because Cantona started with the number 14 shirt so little things like that that I just have to sit and research and what have you and wrap the brain and what have you and then I did the book in the 1980s with, with Heidi Haig Heidi, fantastic author as well. She's, she's releasing a few more books as well over sort of her personal accounts of the season. That was a bit different because I wanted to sort of capture what supporting Leeds in the 1980s meant. A lot of hooganism going around uh, Ellen Road at that time, obviously the Bournemouth game that we all know about uh, in the 1980s and the 1989-90 season. The Chip and Fire at Valley Parade was a real tough element of, of Leeds fans, a service crew as well. So to get my teeth into that was really interesting into different people about what it was like being... Uh, a Legion United fan in the 90s nothing like it is now I know we've still got sort of that re- bit of that reputation that, that goes mm-hmm. along with it in the 1980s and then obviously bring it all right today with, with this one and I think I'll have a break after this because it's, it's mentally exhausting writing yeah, writing imagine. a book after over 18 months of planning so yeah really proud of it really happy the bits I probably would, would want to change but I think that goes with anything mm-hmm. like, it's like doing an exam that would you change this answer would you change the answer it's gone into publication yeah. now and the feedback's been really positive Yeah, we hope it's a massive success yeah. for you as well thank yeah. you yeah and it's, it's, it's really surreal because I've never been I've never done one on my own before and then to just see it in lights is like wow it's yeah. just unbelievable did you feel a bit of pressure because you obviously you signed yourself up for it you're like yeah, yeah I'm really up for that you, but. you do you do because you've got to get it right and it's yeah. an official Legion United publication yeah. and then for the club to actually release it on the website with a kit is like yeah. wow yeah. and I never knew that was coming no one told me that was coming and it's just like bewilderment yeah. we've, we've uh, uh, the printed two and a half thousand copies if that sells out I'll do another print run for oh, another great. two thousand copies 
uh, which is great because I get more money, but I'm not, I've, I've never done it for the money. Uh, I've done it because... Everyone's got to live though, haven't they? Yeah, of course. Of course I've done it because it's my football club and it's a hobby. Yeah. And yeah, the money's great, don't yeah. get me wrong, but to do something like that and see your name on a book yeah. like that is, is absolutely fantastic feeling. How's it affected your health, if it has in any way? Do, do, do you know what? And I've been very open uh, on social media, and Matt's known me for, for a long time, that I, I have suffered a lot with, with depression and, and with anxiety. Uh, and in, in 2012, I came very, very close to committing suicide, something I'm not particularly proud of. But sometimes you've got to sort of go to rock bottom to, to reach that, that, that bottom bottom of the pit. And, uh, and Leeds United helped me immensely, and it, it gives me so much pride. And when you're having your dark days, like I do have, I look back on what I've achieved, and it just gives me a right smile. And so many people sort of said that to me. And I'm, I'm an advocate of, of speaking about mental health on, on social media because I think it's, just, it's a very big taboo subject, uh, certainly from a men's perspective. I think Andy Man, Andy's man's club do so much hard work. Andy Wilson's an absolute hero for what he's done, setting the group up with Luke Campbell, the former Leeds Rhinos player. So, yeah, and you do have your dark days, especially when it gets cold at night and, and what have you in early mornings. And it's, it's something to be really proud of as well and, and mental health something I'm really really strong advocate of that it's okay to talk it's good to talk no problems too big no problems too small and I've always said that to people and I've got so many direct messages on social media about people that are struggling and what's the first move and I, I try and sort of signpost in the best possible way and I think it's important to do that because I think it's a, it's a stigma that men don't suffer and, and they do and they do and I think it's important that the government certainly gets a lot of things in place to me I think it should be done in schools education at schools because you see a lot of people being bullied at school and you don't know what impact that has on someone's mental health. I've seen tragic stories of people killing themselves because they're being bullied at school because the schools aren't teaching enough about mental health. And I'd love to get involved in that somewhere along the line. So for me, from a Legion United perspective, it's helped me immensely. And have you noticed a shift in how it's treated within football, the world of football yeah, and football supporters? I, I think the, 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 the pinnacle it was the Gary Speedy death, which shocked everybody. The, I remember I've sat uh, on my bed, I think it was November 27th, uh, on November 26th, 2011, sat on my bed, actually writing my first book, and my pal pops up on Facebook saying, have you heard the news about Gary Speed? Uh, and I'm thinking there, what, has he been sacked as Wales manager? Because he wasn't a Wales manager at the time, you don't think mm-hmm. anything like that, he'd been on Football Focus the day before. And my God, the, the, the outpouring was just unbelievable. I've never known... It, like that I've rushed down to Ellen Road put some flowers down on, on the Billy Bremner statue and it just grew and grew and grew and I think that was the that was the moment that I think people's perception of especially sportsmen especially footballers suffering and there's so many stories nowadays that you see footballers suffering when they're out of contract when things aren't going quite well uh, and what have you and yeah I think that was the, the pinnacle of it all and you saw the Nottingham Forest game a few days later what it, what it meant to Simon and obviously Simon and Gary signed the same day at Ellen Road and just a real tr- tragic, tragic day out here for all concerned, not just for Leeds fans, for, for football fans in general, really, because I remember, I think Swansea were playing Aston Villa. Uh, Shea Given had, had played with, with Gary at, at uh, Newcastle for many a year and he had tears in his eyes, which is understandable. And I think it took a, a lot of people a lot of time to, to understand what had happened. And I think there's a lot more help out there now than there was sort of seven, eight years ago. And it, even sportsmen, you think, great, they're on all, these, all this money, they suffer, everyone suffers. And I think there's a, there's a lot more mental health support. And even as a sportsman, you, you don't know, you see people sort of slag you off on social media. Yeah, okay, people have opinions. But I, I think for me, 
Uh, I think there's a line sometimes and I think people cross it and I'm not just talking about Leeds I'm talking football fans in general that people cross a line too much because you just, yeah okay yeah it's just it's a job to them but if you were called so many names in your job you wouldn't particularly like it and it can affect you in, in multiple twos away so I'm pleased there's a lot more support out there and I think people are being a lot more open about it and I think the one particular example for me is Billy Key uh, at Accrington who is struggling at the moment did a brilliant interview with the BBC and he's getting all the support through John Coleman and it's not something you can just switch off like a tap it it is something that's there and it's a stigma that I think now there's a lot more support out there do you go on uh, do you go on Wacko very often I, me and you grew up on Wacker, didn't we, at university, and it's only very, very recently that I've, I've kind of gone on there to see what the reaction's been like, and there, there was a guy on there, I can't remember his name for the life of me, because someone said I was doing this book and what have you, uh, and uh, I was called Every Name Under the Sun by someone on, on Wacker. I ignore that, because I think that's just a platform for me, that just for people to vent. People don't know who I am, people don't know the real me, people are very quick to judge, and I think certainly Wacko is is that place and the, the reason I ask though yeah. is because they've, they've got a very lengthy thread on depression yes they have and, and I've read that and, and and if you go in the other threads there's a yeah. thread on Brexit which is absolutely toxic <laughs> as you would imagine yes. there's threads on you know yes. every yes. issue under the, under the sun in yes. the club but the depression thread is like a a sanctuary where you're not yes. allowed to yeah you know it's very serious and yeah and I've, I've read some of that and it's funny because some of the people on WAC have come onto Twitter and, and sort of direct message me about it and it's good to see that they do take issues quite seriously on that. I know there's, there's a football side of it as mm. well and, and what have you. And being caught every name under the sun is always nice. Uh, and I, he's kind of... Uh, it's funny because when I took the job on, on Radio Yorkshire, uh, I was actually told to go and kill myself uh, and play with the train tracks because I was working for Ken Bates, which and I thought, hang on a second, I, and I just ignored it and ignored it. And then the guy came back at me and saying, why are you alive and what have you? And it did affect me in a really bad way. And this was the day before I was due to run the Leeds 10K as well. Uh, and I just blocked out my mind. But it does affect you. You, you see negativity on there. Uh, there's a couple of guys on Twitter that have blocked me because they don't like me to talk about mental health, which I find quite disgusting. Uh, and I actually called one of the guys out uh, because at the end of the day, it, it's, it's a massive thing for me. And I, I want to see people happy. I want to see people sort of, doing well in life and for people to come up with negative comments about mental health is, is for me is derogatory and disgusting uh, and if people want to be that way let them be that way but unfortunately there are people out there that, that hide behind a keyboard and, and keyboard warriors so to speak how do you how do you deal with it though because that's that's not nice is it no I think at first it, it took me a while uh, because when you're on social media especially in in my perspective that I'm there to be shot at and it took me a while to sort of grow thick skin. I actually got some counselling for it and, and what have you, because you can see 99 comments on social media. You can see 98 positive comments. You see that one negative comment. That's the one negative comment that you can remember. And I just managed to block it out and get thick skin and, and just try and get on with it. And at the end of the day, they don't know who I am at the end of the day. They don't know what I go through every day. And I kind of, I've done a book on Leeds United. I can just stick two things up at them and say, I'm going to second here's my book, where's yours? What I was going to say, though, on the positive side of that is you get a lot of really great comments as well, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've never, I never go out looking for praise because I'm, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not quite, I'm not egotistic to, to do so. But it, it's nice when we do get sort of showered praise and what have you. And it, it, it's nice to see the posit positivity coming out from it all from this week and, and what have you. And it's, uh, there's a lot of genuine people on there. And uh, for all the, the keyboard idiots that you get, 
99% of them are actually genuine people and, and you just have to ignore the, the, the keyboard idiots. There is a block button on there, which I've, I've had to use mm. uh, in the past. I try not to use it as much because I want to keep a positive medium. And even when Leeds get beat, I try and be positive because uh, there's another game around the corner. The only day I didn't tweet was after the Derby County game, which was, <laughs> I didn't know whether to laugh or cry that night because it was just, yeah, it was, it was hard to take. But you go again, uh, you dust yourself down and, and like anything in life, you, you have your bad days, you have your good days, but you make sure you have more good days than bad days. And then amongst the praise and the abuse, there's yes. a third type of uh, social media contact you get, which is, can I have this stat, please? Yes, yes. Even at sort of midnight and I'm trying to sleep, I'm getting asking this question, getting asking that question, who's the closest 200 appearances, who's the closest to 100 appearances. Does it ever become a chore? Nah, it, look, I, I'm there to try and provide this. I should start chatting commission one day because I could probably make a fortune out of Twitter. Uh, but do you know what? I, I do my best with it all. I, I, I try and answer everything I can. It's not always possible when you're getting a million one questions, but it's nice to be asked all these questions. And there's a guy called Mark Bracker as well who's sharing the Sharon dictates uh, now nostalgia LUFC is brilliant as well so he, he's helped me an awful lot as well so we kind of help each other and it's just yeah it's, it's nice to be asked and it's as I say when I first set up Twitter back in December 2010 I never thought it would take off as, as much as it did and it uh, it's just quite unbelievable and you're getting recognised at Ellen Road people I've never even met like people coming up to me at, at the do on, on Thursday night saying your, your stats are and you say yes and oh nice to meet I follow you on Twitter and it's like bloody I've never met these people it's just nice people are coming up and even asking for selfies it's just just quite unbelievable because I'm just a normal guy from North Leeds who's got a hobby of writing about Leeds United so yeah it's quite surreal but really enjoyable as well Do you have a favourite statistic? Do I have a favourite statistic? Oh crikey uh, well, there's, there's plenty out there I, I, I think the one that, that sticks in the mind at the moment is that we're on 1915 wins uh, out of 4,536 games off the top of my head I think I think something like I tweeted it this week for, for this NT it's not enough is it no but, <laughs> I, I wanted it to be today to be the 19th under the 19th victory because it had just made the yeah. whole day better but at least being Leeds had to lose a couple of games in there didn't they <laughs> uh, so that's probably there's so many up there I, I think I like looking and this might be quite sad to some people looking at try lists and looking at statistics for try lists of people that have played like a trial game there's a guy called Brian Tev Redden uh, who actually played 20 minutes against Mansfield in 2004-05 and was on the plane back to Holland literally after the game because Blackwell didn't rate him. Was that a friendly? It was, oh, yeah. Right. We lost 2-0 to Mansfield. Did watch 2-0 to Mansfield again under Hockey Day, so things haven't changed <laughs> in the space of 10 years. Uh, but yeah, just there's different statistics out there. Uh, I think there was one that, that I put up. Uh, we played Bournemouth midweek, 2004-05. Sorry, 2014-15. 1-0 uh, down at halftime. Been absolutely battered first half. Uh, then get an equaliser. I think uh, I'm trying to think. I think it might have been Dukara. Solomon uh, crack there's a player. And then Giuseppe Belushi scores an absolute blinding free kick. And then Merkel Antonucci finishes it off. And then I go on Twitter. That was Legion United's first midweek away win since beating Nottingham Forest 4 0. Uh, sort of what three and a half years earlier so yeah the stats are that trying to look at different things uh, and try and pull things that are a bit different to what people would, uh, would do as the ordinary so yeah uh, it's surreal sometimes but it's also nice to get positive feedback on social media great what's, ne- what's next for stats what's next uh, oh crikey uh, well I won't be here for the next centenary uh, I'll be 136 years old I'm pulling into my grave somewhere you might you might make 150 I might make 150 I hope to make 150 I just keep doing what I'm doing obviously I do a lot of stuff for the Legion United Ladies uh, and, and do all sort of the, the press for that and just keep plodding on and keep doing the stuff for, for the freelance for the football club and, and making as many contacts I spoke to Henry Winter on uh, on Thursday night as you do uh, and he follows me on social which is 
which is weird because he's, he's a top. He's probably one of the top journalists in the country. Uh, is Henry and just keep doing what I'm doing. And, and he's a proper Leeds fan. Yes, he is. He is. <laughs> uh, he was part of the European tour back in sort of 2000, 2001. And just keep doing what I'm doing and, and go from there. Really, so keep enjoying everything that I do. And the Leeds, the Leeds ladies stuff. You're enjoying that? Love what? it. Yeah, I love being part of it. I do all the updates for the football club uh, online and I do a match report and then do all the interviews. And uh, yeah, they're all really nice girls. They're all really level-headed, all down to earth and they're all easy to sort of work with and get on with. Uh, they've got a game this weekend in the County Cup against Bradford uh, away at Woodlesford. So uh, tricky game, a bit of a local derby. But yeah, it's, it's a great camaraderie between the girls and and, and what having. I really enjoy doing that. I'm really proud to, to sort of represent the football club in that way. Women's football getting bigger and bigger? Yeah, do, do you know what? It's interesting because a lot of people sort of have this conception of women's football that it's not great. I disagree with that. Uh, England were very unlucky in the World Cup uh, in the summer uh, and probably should have made the final. I think it is growing. You're seeing, you're seeing the crowds that the likes of Man City get, the likes of Man United get. And I think England Germany has actually sold out Wembley. So I think it's growing and I think it will continue to grow. And hopefully United can get the funding in place to, to sort of be a, a Super League club in the next couple of years or so. Okay, great. Well, before we let you go, yes, we've got a, uh, a prize draw. Uh-huh. www.leadsthat.com. Yes, uh, we've had a few uh, uh, donations. James, yes. we want to recap some of the stuff that's already in there. Uh, Ellen Smith from Shadow Lark's given us a chord sheet uh-huh. of her version of March on Together. We've got um, what else have we got? Tony Yaboa, Corinthian. Unopened. Tony, Yabo- yep, Tony Yaboa, Corinthian figure unopened. Andy donated it for some idiotic reason. And I think Lee Hicken gave us a uh, signed copy of Do You Want to Win, the DVD. So is there anything you could possibly give I us? I will donate a book, uh, oh, wow. a signed copy of a book. Uh, obviously, I've not got them yet. They're still in the club <laughs> shop. So yeah, I will I will sort a signed copy of the book out. Not a problem at all. Oh, thank wow. You thank much. you. That's perfect. Brilliant. And remind us where, where we can buy the book. At, at the moment, uh, I think you've got it, have you got it online from the club shop? Yeah, I have. Yes, it's online. It's online. He's got it in with a centenary shirt. Oh, crikey, with 150 <laughs> quid. Yeah. Uh, it's on my credit card. Credit I haven't card. paid for it yet. That's all right. Uh, it's, yeah, at the moment it's in the club shop, £30. We're looking at hopefully getting some more printed. We're just seeing what the first print runs like uh, at the moment. So, yeah, £30 in the club shop. And if anyone does want a copy signed, uh, please feel free to just get in contact with me on social media and what have you. And lo and behold, if we can get more copies printed, we will do. What an offer. We wish you every success with it as well it's thank going to you. be brilliant yeah. and uh, we'll we'll have you back on soon hopefully thank you absolutely yeah, thanks for having me thanks for coming on thank you I think that book is a hell of a prize do you know why because if you actually want a, like every, all the players have got it everyone's got it they've got them signed copies that you get with that special uh, centenary shirt so the chance of getting one of those for free yeah signed yeah. as well signed by the author himself uh, do you know what really comes across from stats in that pod? Just how passionate he is about the club. And that's, but we've done these interviews because we wanted to meet the people that make Leeds United tick and uh, get some different stories from the community. And his story is fascinating. I think what also comes across is what a deep thinker he is. He's, he's a, not just a knowledgeable person, but he's very thoughtful. He, especially when you hear about the mental health stuff he spoke about, he's a very intelligent, deep thinker. How was it um, seeing him again, Matt? Yeah, it was really good to catch up with him. Uh, he's obviously got a lot of exciting things going on at the moment. And in, in our uh, um, October podcast, we obviously talked to him about going to the gala dinner and being invited there as a guest of honour. You know, he really deserves it, though. He's, you know, stuck with the club through thick and thin. And uh, he does get a lot of stick on social media, as he was talking about. He, it's in the minority. Of, lots of people love him and he gets more questions about stats than he does about anything else. But 
Um, just the way he deals with it and you know how committed he is to the club is is great and it was good to catch up with him. Yeah, I think I speak for all of us by saying it'd be great to have him back on. Uh, especially enjoyed, as I said at the start, the catch with uh, him and Mark. Brilliant. With him as the catcher. My biggest my biggest takeaway from that is just what a wonderful advocate I think he is uh, for, for people with autism and for people that have suffered with uh, mental health. The fact he was happy to come and talk openly about that um, whilst he was really here to uh, promote his book and have a decent chat about Leeds United. I think that's a very brave thing to do. Um, it shows that all, both of those things are areas that are probably still big taboos and stats can be a real inspiration uh, to people and that Twitter platform of 20,000 plus followers that he's uh, that he's built, he can he can make a real difference with that and you can see how important that is to him. He is, a, he is an inspiration really for any kid that's probably being bullied and, and doesn't know how to channel their gifts. He's a, a bit of a role model, I think, in a way. Stats has clearly had some very difficult experiences and had to overcome a lot of challenges and at the point that he's at now where he could sit at that dinner um, being lauded and get that message from the team captain that's both a, a massive credit to Liam Coper it's made me respect him and a, a hell of a lot more um, but what a great place for stats to be in I'm really 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 happy for him so you can check us out as always at uh, leads.com where you will find uh, all the other prizes that are in that prize bundle why wouldn't you enter it it's free to enter, and that's one heck of a collector's uh, package that we are building. In the meantime, as well, you've got all our Match Day pods, our October feature podcast, where you can hear on Spotify and all other broadcasting platforms. Check us out on social media, and we will speak to you again soon. Podcast Network.